0: This podcast is brought to you by Century 21 Assurance Realty, the gold standard in real estate. Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award winning realtor Matt Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in. Okay, Matt, today
1: I'd like to introduce a very special guest, someone. (laughs) The most special guest, yeah. Yeah. um, So a, a quick introduction. This young man was voted 75 under 75 for <laughs> McKinley Landing, a pretty prestigious award. Yeah. He, he was also nominated for Best Tattooed Sleeves in the Okanagan. Yeah. Uh, we think he uses that as an intimidation factor to get people to, <laughs> yeah. to buy property. To pay the rent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was also voted or actually won the Centurion Award right yeah
0: and, um, uh century 21 centurion award
1: yeah yeah so introducing uh, matt glenn everyone Woo-hoo! welcome to the stage <laughs> um is there any truth behind any of those matt uh, want to elaborate uh, on at that? least
0: a couple of them are true yeah yeah i won some awards i don't know if they give out the top 75 under 75 awards still but <laughs> i did win that in my youth yeah yeah nice <laughs> Okay. Well, we're going to we're gonna jump into the icebreaker.
1: Welcome to the uh, icebreaker. This segment of the show is brought to you by Taylor at Venture Mortgages. Come venture into the exciting world of mortgages. Okay, Matt, this is a, our segment where our listener gets to know you a little bit more. Um, the so, icebreaker and the ice maker seg- segment. Yeah. Yeah. So a quick rapid fire, if you can just elaborate on some of these. So
0: yeah. are you a summer or a winter type of guy? I like... Uh... I love golfing. I don't do a lot of skiing anymore. I used to be a, into that. So I probably lean towards summer just because I love golfing. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. the courses we live in the Okanagan and there's so many nice courses. It takes a while to hit them all. So what, uh, what's your handicap? Like 15. Oh, that's pretty to good. To me, day, that's good. Yeah. yeah. On a good day. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. I go for the love of the game. Okay. Yeah. And favorite course. Uh, the closest one to me is Okanagan Club, so the Baron Quail, yeah. which I love them both. Those are the ones I golf the most. Uh, I don't know if I have a favorite. I, I just like kind of changing it up a bit. That's another reason why I like the Okanagan Club. There are two courses there. Yeah. So what? Uh, what's your strongest shot? Like iron, driver, putter? Where's Where's your game? I'm probably the most consistent from like around a hundred yard mark. But okay. I just got a new driver. Can't remember what kind. But I just got a new driver, so I love smashing nothing. But Probably it's not that consistent, although it's the most fun, but probably the hundred yard, 120 yard out is my most consistent this shot. Yeah. Well, this, this podcast kind of has
1: evolved over time, the, yeah. the idea of it. And yeah, I think, uh, our confidence on the golf course, probably uh, that's what, when we really came together and it solidified solidified. That is actually, we talked about this on the
0: golf course. Yeah.
1: Yeah. At tower ranch. Yeah. Nice. We were both playing very well for some odd reason and, uh, yeah. Confidence was high. So we thought
0: we could do this. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. that was awesome.
1: Okay. Continuing on this very fast, rapid
0: fire round. Um, are you a beer or wine drinker? Kind of depends on the situation. I love red wine. So I love the winter, uh, snowy night or rainy day kind of red wine. Also, I'd love uh, the beers in, in the summer, like there's a lot of crap beers around here, which are crap breweries, which are wicked to try. I probably, if I had to choose one, I'd probably choose red wine. Well, it is raining today, so... I know, so that's why I have three glasses in. (laughs) We're at every 10.30 in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like waking up in the morning with a nice tall glass of red wine.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, here here it gets a little bit more difficult. You have 12 hours left in the Okanagan before you can never come back. What would you do for fun? I would
0: probably start going on a bit of a road trip. Maybe take uh, Highway 33 to a Soyuz, hit some wineries, take my wife, obviously, Hit some wineries, maybe go golfing somewhere in the South Okanagan, go for lunches. There's so many nice lunch places around. Kind of meander through a Soyuz, Oliver, Penticton. Yeah, that's um, a nice area. It's a nice, it's a really nice loop, especially if you have a motorcycle or something. That would be, uh, it's nice. I'd probably do that. I'd like so to you're go. Gonna, you're going to drink wine and ride a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, they might limit it there. That would be awesome. I'd love to go golfing. Although if I have 12 hours left in the day, I don't know if Becca would love me to spend six of them without her. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I'd probably just go on a road trip, go for lunch, go for dinner, do that hit some local spots around. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: And last question of this, this icebreaker, uh, if you could purchase one property in the Okanagan, what would you buy? And that can be rental investment or recreational. Um, you could say both if you
0: want. Well, I always, I really, like as an investment, I really want to buy like a multifamily, like a 15, 20 unit building in the, in Kelowna. So that's that's what I'd buy as an investment. As a personal property, like I would love to be able to buy like a property, five acres or so with a nice house, maybe some flat land so I can play football with my kids Yeah, um, when they come. Yeah. But i uh, play football with my kids in this flat land, maybe have a little par three golf course on there or something like that so that would be ideal uh, i don't know how feasible that is but that was probably what i'd do
1: yeah, yeah. nice i like it well yeah you you could get like a 100 yard shot because that's your that's your yeah spot yeah yeah
0: yeah just uh practice my best shot yeah over and over
1: i like it um okay well we're gonna kind of dive in to get to know you a little bit more some of your origin story where you're from where you are now so do you want to kind of give the listener a quick elevator pitch like I know you. You born in Vernon, right? Uh, I was born in Vancouver, but oh, I moved okay. to I, Vernon I, shortly I don't know after. You then, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just <laughs> yeah. let you. Take you know shit, there. dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I said. Yeah, yeah. you're born in Vancouver. Who's yeah. yeah. this, this guy? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was born in Vancouver, but I moved to uh, Vernon when I was pretty young. I can't remember, like three or four years old. I grew up, went to school in Vernon, elementary, high school. Then after that, I went back to Vancouver, lived there for four or five years, lived in all the burbs, and then I've been in Kelowna. I've been moved back to Kelowna since 2009 you met your wife in Vernon though right yeah we went to the same elementary school and the same high school so we uh, yeah she's a few years younger than me we we knew of each other we didn't really know like we weren't dating in kindergarten or anything like that but we did know each other all through school then we kind of met (laughs) randomly I'm really glad you weren't dating yeah 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 Grade four dating a kindergartner yeah uh lived happily ever her. and that's when you got your tattoos it's grade four. yeah 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 before I met Becca yeah so Okay, yeah. So you you guys met kind of in the youth, but you've reconnected. Yeah, kind of serendipitously uh, reconnected after worked out since. But I moved back to Kelowna in 2009, and we met in 2009, right uh, at the end of the year. Um, We've been dating ever since then. Where'd you guys meet again? Like, was it just? It was just at a a friend of mine was having a party, just a random party that I honestly kind of surprised I even went to. And then Becca was there, and we met, and we've been hanging out ever since. And we got married in 2012, so we've been married for almost, well, 10 and a half years now.
1: Tell me the engagement story, because I, I do recall this
0: one. Yeah, we went to, uh, we used to go storm, actually, we still do go to Tofino to go storm watching in uh, January, February, when right the waves are the highest, and like you can sit in the hot tub, drink some red wine, right in uh, your deck at uh, Pacific Sands uh, Resort there. So I, what happened was I bought her an engagement ring in 2000, and what year would that be? 2000. 11 maybe beginning of 2011 and then um i was so worried that i was going to lose the engagement ring that i, I went to talk to her parents like her parents were really involved and uh they sewed it into my boxers uh <laughs> your engagement ring so they were so your, your boxers were off at this point no well yeah, for the sewing they were off <laughs> yeah yeah so and then i put them on so i wore them all day because it takes forever to drive there from here yeah. to, from Kelowna to Tofino, it was probably like a 12 plus hour drive oh, yeah. you guys did it in one, one day yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You usually split it up. You do that. Yeah. I don't know. That just feels like a long, it is a long journey. day. What you, Cause it takes like what, five, six hours to get to the ferry. Then you got to wait a couple hours. And then the ferry is a couple hours, Yeah. that trip, we actually got getting off the ferry in the Nima or wherever we got off. We got a flat tire going off. Oh, So I had just switched to the donut and then we went to Cal tire to try and get a new tire for the journey. And they said they didn't have one. So we had to drive from the East side of the Island to the West side of the Island with a donut. And back, so and, it took even longer. and a ring in your boxers the whole time, and I had a ring in my boxers. So then we went, we finally got there at like whatever time at night. Went for dinner, and then I was super nervous. And the, it was a beautiful night, uh, surprisingly. When you go there for storm watching, yeah. and the moon is out, We're, I'm like, "Becky, we got to go for a walk on the beach." I got this thing is just burning a hole in my pants here. <laughs> so we go for a walk on the beach. I think I cut out the pocket with a knife or something, and then I was so nervous and asked her to marry me right, right on the moonlit beach in Tofino. And Obviously no, she said yes. I'm just trying to visualize this. So you're on the beach, you pull
1: out, you know, it's dark. You pull out a knife and start. I think I did plans. the knife thing in
0: the hotel. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Becca was like, I think you're, uh, She's like, I thought you were going to break up with me. I'm like, huh? That would be so stupid for me to <laughs> drive you. take you to the beach, break up with you, drive 14 hours, take you to the beach, break up with you, and then have to spend this whole trip and then drive home. Yeah. And, and <laughs> she was guessing that just because you were nervous. Yeah. Because I was just nervous yeah. and not handling it well at all. Yeah. So yeah, obviously it worked out super well. We got yeah. uh, a year and a half later, we got married at Cedar Creek Winery. Been, oh yeah. It was beautiful then, but it's been totally renovated since. But uh, yeah, it was gorgeous. It was like the hottest day Earth has ever had that day. Were you? Uh, you were dressed up in a tux and everything. Yeah, we yeah. all were. Nice. Like all of us were sweating. Like it was crazy how hot it was. Yeah, and uh, it was. It was an awesome day though. It was fine. We had the party afterwards, like the reception and dinner, were at the El Dorado Hotel. Oh, nice. so that was uh it was wicked worked out really well.
1: Yeah. I mean, great places. This is, this is part of the podcast as, uh, as it evolves. You know, yeah. Right? They try We're and in, really and evolve these the places. Right. Yeah. Yeah. El awesome. Cedar yeah. Creek. I yeah. mean, winery's is great, yeah. but Cedar Creek dog park is unreal. Cedar Love Creek dog park is the dog beach, right? That, that is like prime real estate. I don't know. You know, it's the a bit wele- rocky. wealthiest dogs in Canada <laughs> yeah.
0: live there. When you go to that beach, like the dogs running around, like I don't, they don't seem to notice. But when I go into the water, we actually did one year on January 1st, I did the polar bear swim. And I went there to that dog beach so the dogs could come. And I ran in, but it was only like six inches deep for like 30 feet. It's freezing. (laughs) I have no shoes on. I'm trying to, the dog only followed me in like 10 feet. He's only up to his ankles. And then I jumped in. Like, i stand, like, the sharp, not the sharp, there's not, the rocks they're, aren't sharp they're there. They're big there. But they're big, yeah. and they hurt your feet, so I ran in, like, 30 feet, finally got deep enough for me to jump in, jumped in, came out, yeah, obviously the truck was running, jumped right in there. Jeez, it was... Did you see any polar bears? Nope. I missed the polar bears that trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it would have eased the pain on my feet, though, if I knew that was happening. Well, at least the water's cold, you're icing
1: right away. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Don't know if it really helped out in the end, but... uh
1: so yeah, you yes. got um, you got a couple dogs, yep. wife. Been living in Kelowna a while, obviously.
0: What yep. what were you doing for a career? You know, in your I was a line. I was a lineman. So when I after I grew up, I after high school, I kind of went into the trades, did college for a couple of years, and then I went. I was bartender. I was a server, bartender in a couple of places in Vancouver, which was awesome. And then uh, I started working as a lineman, as a telephone lineman. So I worked all over BC. It was an awesome job. It was great. Got to see the whole province, some of Alberta. But the only problem is I'm working with the same guys all the time. In hotels, never home, yeah. which was fine when you're in your 20s, but like now that I'm a bit older, it just was not ideal. Yeah. So then I, what happened was I bought a one of my friends is a realtor. One of the guys I went to high school with was a realtor, and he was telling me about investment properties. So we bought our house in 2012, and it had went up in value by quite a bit. And I had at that time, I had. Like we just bought the house because we wanted a house. Like we didn't buy it. Like we just knew that we should have bought a house, but we didn't really know why. It went up. We bought it for two eighty, and a few years later, it was worth like six hundred or five hundred or something. And it was just amazing to me. And I, I kind of, I just assumed, like I just didn't know anything about the real about real estate then. I just assumed that I needed to sell the house to use the equity. Like I, I just kind of thought it was a, right. just there. I didn't know you could do anything with it. And then I met my friend. uh Realtor who has, at the time, he had like eight rental properties. He was telling me, you can use that equity as a down payment. They can pull the equity out of your house and use it as a down payment to buy a rental property. So I did that. And it it worked out super awesome. I was working with him. And as we're going through the transaction and doing it all, I realized it's opening up a whole new world for me. My mind was blown. And I just immediately decided that I needed to be a realtor right at that second. That, that was the point. That was it. Yeah. And then like, so I started the course right away. I was doing it in the hotels when I was working on the road and I did it in a few months. I like, it was on. Yeah. And now I, I never looked back. So that's how I got into real estate investing and sales. Oh yeah. yeah. So at the same time, do you want to name drop the realtor? Do you still having yeah, good? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll invite
1: him on here one time. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so He's have you dude. since then done any transactions with him? He's still kind
0: of part of your. So, no, because unfortunately for him, I became a realtor myself. Right. So yeah, kind of worked him out of a job for me anyway, but he's a great dude. So yeah, he was a good realtor. He was an awesome guy. Got me into it. Obviously have been friends with him for 25 years or something. So he's a, yeah, he's a good dude. and Really the reason him and Andrew McRae, another mortgage broker in town. He, Andrew McRae is a great guy. He's the one who got me my first, first mortgage in 2012 when nobody else would. He's been awesome. And he helped me buy a uh, first couple of rental properties. So he's, those two guys were awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And
1: so now like the, the passion is just from helping clients and kind of that whole
0: process Yeah. Seeing the houses or what's. Exactly. I, first, I wanted to spread the word that you could use the equity in your house to buy another house. Cause there's so many people that have so much equity that it's just really not doing anything for them Yeah. right now. So I kind of wanted to get out, start spreading the word there about investing. And then you, as you are a realtor, you kind of it just evolves where you start helping everybody. And then you realize how much fun it is to help people sell and buy houses, like just for personal uses or investment properties. And like the whole thing is wicked. I love doing it. So yeah. do you, I started off as an investor and then I just, now I just do it all. I love it. Yeah. And yeah. Do you prefer listing, purchasing what's kind of the, the most fun. I don't like, honestly, when you walk into a house, when you walk into a house with a client and you you're looking at it, it's a beautiful house and you turn around and your client is bawling their eyes out. Cause they love the house so much that's happened to me a few times. And like, that is the best part when you, your client, you just know that you're helping them do something that they always wanted to do. I'll
1: be honest. I did a transaction with Matt. He did a purchase. I was that guy. I, <laughs> yeah. I was bawling. you know, yeah, yeah. I got wasabi in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. You were a crier. That's yeah. yeah. No, it, that is the best. Like I probably like listing houses more, but those it's hard to beat those because yeah. like, well, yeah, it's, it's the biggest transaction anyone's going yeah, to make. until their next one, right? Yeah. So it's like the biggest thing anyone will ever buy until they buy their next house. Yeah. Yeah, unless they get into investing and buy bigger ones. But yeah, it's pretty much, it's always how it is.
1: Okay, and to kind of flip the script in a negative way, hard-hitting questions, Yeah, why should someone use a realtor? I mean, you know, a lot of people in the last couple of years, like it's been very, not easy, but it's been a quick market, right? Like houses sell very fast. They're pretty much over-asking, no conditions. Yeah. The market's... Clearly, turn now. Yeah, um but yeah. What are the kind of the pros? Well,
0: and cons? to buy a re- to buy real estate, it makes no sense to not use a realtor. Like their commissions are already in the price of the house. Like it makes no sense to not use expertise, the local knowledge, the industry knowledge, all that stuff as a realtor. So like, I can't think of a single reason unless you're buying off your neighbor or your mom or something. I don't understand why you wouldn't use a uh, realtor to buy a house. To sell a house, there's a lot of people that are not a lot, but there's some people put it for sale by owner. And back when the 2021 there was everybody you put a cardboard for sale sign in your front yard yeah someone is buying that house guaranteed but the issue is is that you're talking real estate agent costs three percent like plus maybe a couple of thousand so three percent give or take if you use a realtor realtor to sell your house even in a hot market like they are going to get you three percent more than you would get on your own. Like there is there' strategies you can use uh, like when the houses were going in multiple pro- offers and selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars over like those are because the realtor like obviously people want the house, but also because the realtor sets up the system to have people bidding against each other to get the most money to basically squeeze the most out of the house, yeah, which is gonna be more than three percent and then now. It's way harder to sell a house right now. Like it's kind of a battle from start to beginning. Yeah, or what, start to end. What's kind of your biggest value add? Like, is it is it kind of a marketing approach, or is it ne- like, do you like negotiating? Cause oh yeah, I love negotiating. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I love the negotiate. I like when things get tense because it kind of just everybody's in there and they all get tense right now. So like, do you, does that translate into your marriage? Like, do you negotiate no against no. Becca? No. Okay, yeah. Because
1: I feel like Emily probably you know <laughs> yeah. does that against me. I'm not even aware of it.
0: No, Becca Becca and I have a pretty good relationship. Yeah. We do a lot of compromising, which means we do everything she wants to do. Yeah. and uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it's been pretty good. I love the negotiation. So like when you go into a real estate transaction, the first step is like you view the house. So you're talking to the other agent to set up the showing, all this, giving them feedback after you view. And then if you're offering, uh, it turns into negotiation, which always start out pretty friendly. They can kind of get sometimes a little heated. But then when the conditions come, then there's conditions. So once you get the offer accepted, now you have a couple of weeks usually of conditions. And then when the conditions are come off, that's when things get the most tense. Every deal, especially right now, like everything's a battle. The home inspection, there's always issues to to negotiate. There's lots of other issues. So things, in my experience, always get the most prickly right when it comes to time to remove the subjects. Yeah. So just prepare for that and get ready. Yeah. Would you ever
1: do? This is just my own curiosity. Yeah. Being a, a broker, so condition of financing, you know, yeah. obviously as brokers we want to push that a little bit yeah. further. Say like ten business days or something. If you yeah. guys want to come in more aggressively, you you bring that down. Yeah. Um, the risk there is, especially right now in a market that's cooling off, is yeah. the appraisal. So you know, generally we'll submit to a lender, get a commitment letter. They'll list out conditions, and and the one that sometimes you know the most time consuming to meet is that appraisal and we can't really order that until we know what lender it is. So would you guys as, as realtors ever do a subject to appraisal, like instead of doing subject to financing, if we can give like, Hey, financing is, is been pre-approved. We're confident with the lender. We need that appraisal because really like an appraisal could take, you know, five to 10 days to get the appraiser in there, get the report done, get the market rents. And if the appraisal comes in 50 grand short, um, you know, we can't remove that subject confidently. So yep. I, I've just never seen that on a transaction, but
0: I would, I would like to, that's a good idea. Like if you're all pre-approved the issue, I guess right now is rent interest rates are changing kind of so often that it's people are pre-approved. and a couple of months later, they realize that they're no longer yeah qualified for the mortgage at the new interest rates. So yeah, subject to appraisal, like right now, obviously the skinnier, the offer, like the less sub, conditions, you're going to yeah. get a better deal. Yeah. So like that always is the case, but right now, like it's definitely turning into buyer, buyer's market territory. So I don't know if there's a lot of incentive to do that right now, yeah. but yeah, I think it would be a great, if you're pre-approved, if you have sold clients that just need to, that thing to appraise out or how to appraise out, I think that's a great idea.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I mean, as a seller and the listing agent, if you think you've priced it fairly and that's where the appraisal should come in, there
0: there shouldn't be a huge
1: um, yeah. risk
0: to that. But. Yeah. If if it was multiple mm-hmm. offers, I'd say that would be, that'd be awesome. Like we're already submitting like pre-approved. So we kind of know it's already just yeah. to do with the appraisal. So like, it's kind of almost unwritten, although it should just be written that way. That yeah. it's, it just has to do with the appraisal. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah. Cause right now we kind of, we incorporate that. Like it's just under one
1: umbrella, like subject to financing, but it yeah. falls under all those conditions on the commitment. Letter yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. In this market in a cooling off downward trend, that that's kind of the riskiest part is that appraisal coming in short. Okay. Um, I mean, further to, to your real estate career. So on Wednesdays, I believe, right. You do a real estate tour.
0: Yep, Yeah. yeah. I organize a real estate tour for Kelowna. So we get all the realtors together. We pick certain areas. So we pick some houses between like five and 10 houses, get some, all the listing agents then any other realtors that want to come take a tour of the local real estate market, get an idea of what's out there. Every Wednesday, we go out, view all the properties. It's really informative. It's good for agents to come out there and do that.
1: Yeah, Uh, I'm assuming like most of our listeners at this stage might be in the the real estate market as professionals. So how do they do they get in touch with you? Do they email you?
0: Yeah, or you can just show up. It's every Wednesday, or every right now we're doing every second Wednesday, but it'll probably move to every Wednesday. We meet at the Tim Hortons at the Orchard Park Mall at nine in the morning. We kind of carpool, group up, go from there, go check out all the listings, and then. Sometimes I can coerce somebody into providing lunch for us all at the end. Oh, nice. Most of the time that happens, not every time, but uh, yeah, it's good. You get to meet other agents. You get to see the product that's on the market right then. We all discuss the feedback for the house. It's really good for the seller and for the agent to know what all the other agents think about the house. Right? Yeah, yeah so it's, definitely. It's awesome. We just did one yesterday and it was really a good time. It was yeah, pretty uh Did you, you get free lunch? No. Oh. I didn't get to squeeze any lunch out of that one. Yeah, oh, man. Everyone, uh, just since Christmas, everybody's been pretty low key. So I had to twist some fingers to even get listings on it just oh, because yeah. it's like first week of uh, new year, but yeah, it's it'll, going forward. I'll be getting lunch out of people. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah.
1: Okay. And then, um, as an investor, what have you kind of done? Um, just purely on like, you know, are you looking to buy more? Where do you feel the market's going? You, I know you have a rental property still right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell us about that process. I,
0: yeah, I'm always in the market for uh looking at to finding rental properties like if you can get one that cash flows at these interest rates with like a yeah. 20% down payment, like that is a legit property because they're not going to stay high forever these rates. So if they can if you can cash flow or even break even right now, I think it's a solid at least cash flow investment. Yeah, I think it's a great time. There are some that come up. Believe it or not, there's still multiple offers on the good ones. So you kind of have to compete for them and keep your eye out, but they uh they are up there and I'm always looking also.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you heard it
0: here first. He did say interest rates aren't going to stay high for much longer. Right? No, so, no. Yeah, like, I think, they're um, what do you think? I think there's another quarter point, maybe two more quarter points. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, a couple months ago, yeah, they indicated collectively that we'd see a 0.75% increase over the next two announcements. And so we've seen a 05 um, last month. and yeah. yeah. We'll probably see another quarter this month. So we're recording this early January. Yeah. The and 25th, then yeah, right is the next announcement. Yeah, and then they're supposed to plateau throughout 2023, and then potentially decline at the last quarter of 2023 into 2024. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like realistically, over over the last you know couple of decades, th- this isn't that high of an interest rate market. It's yeah. just the fact that they've increased so drastically over so the quickly. last
0: 12 months. Yeah. yeah. And the prices of houses are up, right? So if you bought a house, you're buying them when they're expensive, and then you're also paying a higher interest rate.
1: Yeah, it is. It is a difficult time for homeowners, especially if they have a mortgage coming up for renewal in the next six months. Like, it's not a great time. But I mean, there are opportunities you can lengthen out the amortization to reduce monthly payments. And yeah, yeah, so so we have options there. But um, I think it's a good time personally to me. I think it's a good time to buy like we're in that lower, cool dip of a market. It, It will bounce back like the spring normally does. And once
0: there's more confidence like, it's just the uncertainty that really scares people. Eh? It is the uncertainty. As soon as we start seeing these interest rates just plateau, I think there are so many people on the sidelines. Like, I have yeah. a lot of clients on the sidelines just waiting. They Everyone right now is scared to buy a house, and it drops percentages like before they even take possession or immediately after. Yeah. Right? So, like, that's a huge fear. Right now, like, I don't know completely how justified it is, but it is a, it is a fear. But we're yeah. going to see... I think when we see the interest rates go plateau, like we have maybe two announcements in a row where they don't change the rate or start bringing it down. We're going to see some buyers come back Yeah, for sure. Like they just, well, and I mean, are most of your clients that are waiting
1: on the sidelines? Are they investors or is this like a primary
0: uh, half and half? Like some are investors, but some are just waiting to make that move Yeah, too. Like they also want to know when they sell their house, like what's how that's going to go. So like, Kind of half and half. Yeah. But there are some investors too that are just waiting to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a primary home, like
1: you're, you're going to be paying rent or a mortgage one way or the other. So yeah, you know, you may as well find somewhere you want to live. Are you seeing a lot more subject to sale then?
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of my listings, uh, just last night we got another offer. We have an accepted offer subject to sale last night. We got another offer also subject to sale and we have two other people interested who also have houses, houses to sell. So we have four interested party, all of them. Are subject to sale. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's super common right now that just the way the market is, everyone has a house to sell to buy a new one, right? Yeah. For primary residents, for investment properties, obviously you don't usually have to sell something to buy those, but subject to sales are just out in force right now.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Besides real estate, like what's what's kind of what drives you in the community? What do you like to do? What? Um...
0: I love the city. Like yeah. we live in such a nice place. Like we live in uh, Kelowna, is such a perfect four season. City. Like we have a beautiful spring, we have beautiful summer, fall, winter. There's stuff to do specific. Like there's, we have the lake, we have golf courses, we have wineries, we have Big White. Like there's so many things to do. Cause so. you moved back from Vancouver. Like Vancouver is yeah. a great city, obviously. Vancouver was an awesome city. It's just when I lived in Vancouver, it was okay. Super expensive, but it was okay. Mm-hmm. But like driving from the burbs into Vancouver, I don't understand how people can do that so much. <laughs> Like that just takes years off your life doing that every yeah. single day. Like it's stressful. Like in the Okanagan, if you have an hour long drive to somewhere, like oh, that drive is, you're, you're way, man. You're, drive is beautiful. the drive is beautiful. you're not bumper to bumper. It's like you might be stuck at a couple of lights or something for a bit, but it's not the same as being on the number one for like an hour and a half after yeah. work. Right? It's just it's a different kind of like when people live, go from smaller cities to Kelowna. Sometimes you hear about the complaining about the traffic but when you go from Vancouver or a bigger city to Kelowna it's the traffic is kind of amazing
1: yeah right so would uh would you ever move back to Vancouver like where are you guys here for the long term I think we're
0: here for the long term like obviously I don't want to ever say never but you are here for the long term you want to buy more property like throughout Canada BC or so I believe in our local market Kelowna right Right. so I definitely want to buy more property in Kelowna but Canada as a whole like I a long-term goal I would love to have properties all across the country and all the provinces. Right. I think it'd be, it'd be awesome to have that. Cause we, like, I believe in our national market, but also yeah. right now specifically our local market's going to do, I think a better than average.
1: Well, there you go. If you're a inter-province realtor, this could be a potential client. Yeah. 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 Reach, reach out. out. Yeah. We we have uh listeners from across Canada. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely looking forward to yeah.
0: seeing those I'm Trying to stories. break into the international market. Yeah, so then your rental property, you've have, you have, you've got one on the west side, right? Now. Yeah, I got one on the west side. We sold a couple last year, actually in 2021 when it was super hot. We kind of felt like the market is this hot; it's a seller's market, so we should take advantage of it. I don't know if I love that decision now, like because as an investor, like I knew this before that you kind of get sucked up, especially when you work in the market, that you kind of get carried away with what's happening. Like these houses selling for hundreds of over asking, like that happened to us two times in that market. But if you're a flipper, this is different, but like as a long-term rental holder, like I think the goal should just be to never sell. Like you can utilize the equity as it comes up. You can buy investor properties or even pay yourself out of that. And I just, if I could do it again, I'd probably hold on to both those properties and just never sell them.
1: Yeah. I I think that's the common consensus with most people with the flipping comment. So there is a, like an anti-flipping law that came in, right? So basically you're
0: not allowed to well, you'd have to pay tax on it if it's yeah. less than 12 months. Yeah. But you just factor that into your numbers. And if they work, they work right. Yeah, so like, yeah, totally. It's, that's what that, that's what the interest rates, that's what taxes, that's with any fees, construction costs. Like, yeah, they're higher. But if your numbers work,
1: they work. Yeah. People should not be analyzing deals and their profit margins solely be based on a cheap interest rate.
0: You know, yeah. have to have a better margin than that. No, exactly. Like, yeah, if you're just relying on that or this or you need something to happen, like that's getting into speculation. And just is not a solid game plan, I don't think. Yeah. Whereas, if you have if the numbers just work and it's going to be fine, and you're not relying on a certain amount of appreciation, or you're not relying on interest rates to go down, or at least not go up, then like it's kind of maybe not the best investment. If it's a solid fundamentals are good, that's good. That's regardless of market, right? So yeah, yeah. Especially with rental uh, rental properties, you get the cash flow. If it cash flows and the market. Crashes. It doesn't really matter because you can just cash flow right through it.
1: Yeah, like right. rents are historically rents have never gone down. Yeah, you know you're not going to lower rent for a tenant because your interest rate has
0: gone down. Well, like kind of conversely, interest rates go up, so there's less homeowners, which means there's more renters, which puts the rentals up. Yeah, right. And then all obviously the fees for the landlords go up with the higher interest rates. So then it's just kind of so yeah. For uh,
1: statistically, right now in Vancouver. Over the last 12 months, mortgage payments have increased $1,000 a month. Equally, rent has also increased $1,000 a month. Yep. Um, so it's they're really correlated, obviously, with the BC Tenancy Act. like It is near impossible to increase rent more than inflation or get those tenants out. With
0: but, existing tenants.
1: Yeah. yeah, but when you have that turnover, like as soon as someone moves out, you're going to realize the the opportunity and increase it to whatever the market value is. Yeah, so, to market rent. Then when rates decrease over the next 12 months again rates are just going to continue to climb up on the rental
0: side so you just can't also the demand right like i yeah like unless something happens to your unit like a water or a fire or something where it's it's just not livable for an extended period of time it's so hard right now to picture vacancies in our market anyway because there's like we yeah. put a rental property up for on the market for rent we have a lineup of people at the door like we get yeah. so many people coming in it's kind of eye-opening to see how many people and then you feel terrible afterwards because you can only pick one yes the hardest part of it it's it's, it is the hardest part of it it's a it's a tough you don't really think of that when you start and then you meet all these people you're interviewing all these people and you gotta say no to almost all of them yeah
1: i had a client by Coston downtown Yeah. yeah and um great property small kind of one bedroom unit yeah and yeah new to the investor mindset, but yeah, yeah, he had a list of like 25 people, applicants. um, And yeah, that was the hardest part for him. Do you have a way to weed out renters? like Because you do your own kind of
0: property management screening. Yeah. Right now I do. We meet them all. So what we do is we have a rental, uh, like if we have a rental vacancy, we'll set up, advertise it. And I'll just set up like a one day, like a Saturday or maybe a Saturday and a Sunday, do an open house style. like just book everyone in for 15 minute or 20 minute viewings and then have everybody in on the same day so that i meet everybody at the same time right so it's like it's not kind of i guess you don't like pre-screen them or anything well i say no not usually before i meet them yeah no because i have an application that you fill out like you bring it the application with you okay and then we go through it and you can see the house and i'm like i find that Just meeting the people. Like, I don't know if I'm just a good judge of character, but we've never had any problems with any tenants that we've had. Yeah. We've had some problems with tenants. That's amazing, yeah. We've had some problems with tenants who, like, a couple move in and they break up. And then she gets a new boyfriend. And then (laughs) that guy is a douche. Like, that. We've had issues with that where we didn't really pick them. Yeah. but Oh, right. So, he's moved in and taken over the tenancy. One time a woman, like a... We had Does, this tenant. Is that that,
1: well, I guess, would that not break the tenancy? Like, would you re sign it with him or is she just now
0: taking it? Well, over? what am I supposed to tell this woman that she's not allowed to have a boyfriend? Like, I'm not her dad. <laughs> That's what I tell any... my wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess it doesn't yeah. work. Though. Like, it's uh, so we had a, this is a kind of a funny story. So we had a tenant that happened. A uh, young couple moved in. They were both great. They broke up as couples do. And she said, like, she's like, Matt, I really want to live here. I said, okay, I'll help you find a roommate. So I was like, do you want me to help you find a roommate? She said, yes, that would be awesome. So we are advertising for roommate and I put on the ad, I can't remember exactly what I said, but something it about needs like, a boyfriend. No. Yeah. I said it was a college student or something. And like the amount of 50 something guys that apply to this was like, it was crazy. I was talking to these people on the phone. I'm like, you'd realize that the person is a 22 year old woman. It's like, yeah, that doesn't bother me. I'm like, well, it's going to bother them. I- like, <laughs> Like, not not ideal. So, we ended up, she ended up finding uh, one of her friends to move in. And her friend ended up just being an absolute disaster for her and for me. She, like, destroyed the place. She complained about everything. She moved in. So, the existing tenant was there. She had her own room. Like, obviously, she was in the room she was already in. The tenant calls me on the first day bitching that she doesn't get the nice room. Oh. And I, I'm like, this is your friend. Like also like I'm, Why are I'm, I'm the landlord. Now? This is not a me issue. I don't care what room you take. Yeah. Right. Like this is not, it was crazy. So she only lasted, I think like six weeks before she moved yeah,
1: up. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of uh, partnering tenants up. I did that recently on a place yeah, and uh, it's worked out really well so far, yeah. but there's always going to be an exit of one of them
0: sooner than later. And then you have to readdress that. Well, the, it's hard because you get, if you get a single person, they're not going to be single forever. Yeah, if they get a like a couple person, they might not be together for it's like it's a hard one, right? That's why I I really meet them and stuff. And you uh, you are a matchmaker, man. (laughs) Not why I got into it, but yeah, it's it's the stories that come up are kind of quite funny. It was funny when that woman moved out, so she was only there for six weeks or I can't remember how long, but not that long. I got a random call from this number I didn't know, and I answered it because I'm a realtor, and the guy (laughs) says he's like, "Yeah, I'm calling." I just got a tenant, uh, recommendation for X. What, how was she as a tenant? I'm like, well, I'll tell you, I had no idea she was moving out. So <laughs> that's <laughs> a, that's good. And then, uh, he was, he got all defensive and was defending that she was applying for a place. And I just said, well, she's awesome. She's good. She's yeah. Take. Go, go for it. Yeah. It was kind of like, you wanted to know what I thought. So she moved out right away. And I, as far as I know, worked out. Yeah. But have you gotten any, uh, purchasing clients from being tenants? I uh, guess I've gotten some referrals. I have a few that want to, that want to buy kind of funny. I don't know what I'm doing here, but I end up being quite close and like friendly with my tenants. Like I, they're friends of mine. Right. So like one of them has come over <laughs> You're, for dinner. on you your tenancy way different than I do. Yeah. I, I don't know what's happened, but like just become friendly, you invite them. them over to dinner. This happened. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, I will say like when we were living in our apartment building, renovating yeah. those units, yeah, we brought dinner to to yeah. elderly people that needed it or brought them like a, uh, you know, a drink for Christmas. But, uh, yeah, I don't know about inviting them over for dinner. <laughs> what'd you, what'd you guys cook? Just dinner? I don't know. It was, it was a while ago. I guy doesn't I, even I, invite me over for dinner very often,
0: you know, because have been over for dinner, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, chance if I rent a place from, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you would. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just, there are people too, right? Like, they're just uh, totally, good yeah. people. They're doing... So if, if uh you know, someone's
1: listening to this and they're a tenant, I would definitely be looking for Matt's list. Yeah. I mean, you get free food, yeah. uh,
0: matchmaking service. Always have pet-friendly. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Because... You're making me feel like such the a The reason why anger. I do pet-friendly is because I actually am eating my own words here, but we had a... I always used to say pets wreck furniture and not so much houses. Yeah. And then we got our new dog. And oh my God, he has ruined our house. Yeah. But like most of the time, it's furniture over house, right? Like some dogs will eat trim and drywall, stuff like that. I understand that. I always used to be
1: pet friendly and specifically because obviously we have pets and yeah. we never have any issues. We yeah. take care of them. And then when I go and renovate some of the units yeah. that I've allowed pets to be in, and yeah. it's specifically cats. Yeah. I'm sorry if you're a cat person. They have their kitty litter box yeah, and they don't right. pee in there and they pee on the carpet and
0: it soaks well, through Even it. if they go in the litter box, it's still
1: Yeah, out. you cannot get that smell out. So,
0: yeah, I've kind of erred away from that. Really? So, yeah, I went the opposite because... You get more money for it. You get, And also, you get a bigger amount yeah. of people applying. Yeah. Right? So, you get more... So, you kind of... Like, you can choose your tenant better. Yeah. Right? So, like, not all of them have tenants because, like, when you... Uh, or not all of them have pets the people that apply just because it's pet friendly or they don't always have pets. Right. Right. So like sometimes I have a unit, like the one rental that I have left right now is has yeah. upstairs and downstairs. So I don't want a big dog with nails. Like I don't want downstairs people to be calling me all the time, complaining about the dog upstairs. Yeah. So like, I do keep that in mind. Well, I don't know if they'd call you. They'll just talk to you. Oh, dinner. they'll call me. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. When they're at your house in your kitchen. Yeah. We're having dinner. Hey, I wasn't gonna—I was gonna bring this up, but I can really hear that dog upstairs. Yeah. What? By the way, this uh, roast beef's a little overcooked. <laughs> yeah. 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 I said medium rare. Yeah. So. They, yeah. There's a lot of ways to do it, right? But I just found that's what works for us yeah. really well. Yeah.
1: Right on. Okay, I want to circle back to one thing. So you yeah. were a
0: bartender. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite drink? What was your go-to? I was talking about what, this last like night. Like, I don't actually. On the realtor tour, I was talking to other realtors because one of them wanted to be a is going to try and be a bartender to make some money when the market's cooling. Oh, and yeah, I was telling him it's the other way around. Yeah, okay. yeah. 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 I just realized that I, it's been so long, like how probably 15 years ago that I was doing that. Yeah. So like, I don't actually remember how to make drinks. They were talking like about how to make drinks. And I realized that. that I just do have no idea how to make these drinks anymore. Yeah. So like that ship has sailed.
1: Yeah. No, I, now that I'm looking at you again, when you're talking about that, it's what's the movie with Tom Cruise where he was a bartender. We He's like a flare bartender. Yes, yes. Yeah. What movie is that? I'm, I'm
0: getting that vibe from you. Yeah, definitely. it was like that. <laughs> Sometimes it was.
1: Yeah, it was. Do, you, like do you have any photos from those days? I think we should okay. throw it up in the show notes. And, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, those those were crazy times. Sometimes things got wild when you're bartending. Yeah, <laughs> not like this, but yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Good.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think, I think we've kind of, um, you know, conveyed. Got to know me a bit. Yeah, who Matt is. And then, yeah. and, um, you know, so yeah. we're going to, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive.
0: Yeah. Icebreaker and the ice maker. Time for everyone's favorite part of the show. The ice maker section brought to you by myself, Matt Glenn. Okay, Matt, what is your
1: best habit or routine that you attribute to your, your daily success that you think listeners could so, uh, take from?
0: I'm a huge proponent of mindset over everything. Like mindset really can solve a lot of problems that people have, like personal problems, yeah. right? Like the way you look at things and the way you approach problems. But i realized over time that it starts kind of with a morning routine. And I, over Christmas, I like go in December, I got quite sick. Like it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't COVID, like, but yeah, I don't, I was sick for a day. I was down and then, um, I got, uh, it was just lethargic after that for a while in the holidays. So starting this new year, I've started getting into a morning routine where I wake up at try and wake up at five, then do some reading, like read, like motivational books, kind of like, or like real estate related books. And then I work out in the morning. So I've really worked on my uh, routine. I haven't totally mastered it yet this year, just because like December was so terrible. But, uh, last year, the year before I was really into that. And I'm going to be getting back into that now really focusing on the mor- morning routine.
1: Yeah. And I, I did hear a rumor, you know, the house is quiet in the morning for you around here because yeah. you, you keep your dog in a cage. Yeah. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah. Yeah. He loves it. Put so in. so. this is a guy that's a pet friendly yeah. landlord, but he keeps his dog in a yeah. cage. Maybe. <laughs> it's like his territory. So funny. I don't in the morning, even think I could go to bed the other night. There's two dogs in our bed and like, I couldn't fit in
0: there. Yeah, but. We have one dog in our bed. That's a tiny dog that takes up more than her fair share of room but our big dog lou he sleeps in his cage he loves it when i wake him up in the morning open the cage he doesn't get up for like two more hours because like he's so
1: depressed in- he's been stuck in a cage for eight hours uh, you can call the dog a lot of things depressed is not one of them yeah, yeah no he's a great dog yeah yeah um okay next question best thing you have ever
0: purchased we won't put a cap on it just just good bang for your buck what do you uh what do you got? I know I'm pounding this theme home, but I just bought some new golf clubs last year, and Ooh. they are just wicked. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to get out and use them. I'm actually going to uh, one of those golf simulators this week. Oh, yeah. Which, wait. which one? Uh, we're going with Friends in
1: Vernon, so we're okay. going to strictly golf. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: Can't wait. No, those
1: always make me feel pretty good about my swing.
0: Do they? Yeah. yeah I don't know. They can go either way for me. We'll yeah. see what this one's like. I didn't know they're all a bit different, but...
1: Yeah. No, that's, that's good. Well, money spent. I have yeah. to probably do the same. I will highlight, and maybe I'm sharing too much information about your marketing scheme, but I did receive a sleeve of golf balls from you yep. labeled Matt Glenn real estate. They're so, wicked. Um, Reach out if you want some. Yeah. I could use some more. I think I lost all of those on <laughs> one hole.
0: <laughs> I've also done that before too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. Uh, what would be your favorite quote?
0: And you could also insert a book in here if you'd like. Oh, uh, what is my favorite quote? When I started as an agent, it was fake it till you make it. That is not so much what I do anymore, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i have outgrown that quote. Yeah. Uh, I don't know so if you were one of Matt's first 10
1: clients and you, you may want to yeah. check you out. You didn't notice. You're in.
0: <laughs> yeah. You kind of just got to overcome all your, all the battles, right? So yeah, learn as you go. And it's funny, the real estate courses does not translate into being a realtor. It doesn't teach you how to be a realtor it teaches you. I think it's more like a barrier to entry and getting you caught up on the laws and all that kind of thing. But yeah. to actually be a realtor is, has nothing to do with that course. Yeah. What would be the most important trait? New, new realtor listening to this, just getting their license. What's like the one trait? Uh, perseverance. Yeah. And like, you have to real estate's a funny game because you don't get, you do have to, you can make all the excuses in the world. Like market sucks or my clients are taking forever or all this, but, You need to get paid. It doesn't matter what the excuses are. You need to get paid, right? So like you kind of need to take ownership of why you're not getting paid or like why things aren't selling like that, right? So you need to make it happen. So for a new agent, you need to get clients and you have to realize that when you get a client, a buyer, let's say you get a buyer. Once you find a buyer, which is not easy, then you got to show them properties, and they don't always. Sometimes it takes months for them to find a property. And then, even let's say they buy one on the first day, let's say you get your license on the first day, you find a client, you go buy a house. That property is probably not closing for another two months after that, like their possession date, right? So, like, yeah. you kind of have to realize that everything that you do as an agent doesn't really bear fruit for three, six, nine, 12 months later.
1: It, right. it is a very
0: long game. Same with mortgage brokering. But
1: yeah, I mean, I think we were talking about this earlier off air. It is an interesting market. Anyone that's brand new is really going to have to hustle yeah. to to stay in it and be a yeah. successful. And anyone that's been successful over the last three years may just want to slow down the and the older, like
0: the people contemplating retirement, like it's a good time to do it. Really, like you just made it. Yeah, you just came off a couple of the, years where you everything was super easy. You're getting paid way more than you normally would. Yeah. Like now everything, everything's a battle right now, right? Like nothing comes easy. So I think there's going to be, you're right. There is a a bit of a petition
1: going around Kelowna. Um, Just the general public want to help out realtors. So they're, (laughs) they're going to fundraise for you guys a little bit, you know, a lot of empathy. (laughs) That is (laughs) No, it is. It is. uh, It's volatile, I guess, your career, right? Like you just have to, well, you uh, have to like,
0: we're not on a salary. Yeah. Right. So you have to kind of eat what you kill. Right, so if you don't, even when you, so the biggest thing is that people, when they're busy, stop doing the things that bring them more business. So when you're busy, and there's a lag, right? So the things you yeah. do today, you're not getting paid for, let's say, six months. So if you're busy in the summer and you haven't done any prospecting or any kind of building your business, come this, come the winter, you might be a little bit hungry, you yeah. know? So like, yeah. it's, it's, it's you need that trap. consistency. Yeah. yeah, you need that trap. You need to have systems. Like this is a thing I'm working on. Uh, this year and started last year, but like really working on the systems to bring them up so that regardless if you're slow or busy, you're the same things are always getting done. You're still filling the funnel. Like it's all about being an agent. It's all about filling the funnel, right? Yeah. You just like fill the funnel. I, I the don't funnel,
1: think you have fill an, fill an
0: issue time. with that now. Like this podcast it yeah. is going to reach millions of people. Blowing
1: so like,
0: yeah, I'm going to have to skinny up my funnel a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're yeah. limiting the downloads we're allowing on this podcast <laughs> yeah. now.
1: Uh, do you do you want to add a
0: book to that at all? Uh, so I, the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I have read that book so many times, specifically like the first half of it is like it was so inspiring to go and to read the book and just realize that like you have to create your own opportunities. Yeah. Right? Like there is, like you can bitch about all the external factors, but it really, it just comes down to you. Right? And like everybody is in the same boat here. So I think that book I've read the most. Like obviously, there's "Think and Grow" or there's um, "Rich Dad Poor Poor Dad," which is kind of a classic real estate book. Yeah, but that. it's uh, yeah, that changes your mindset on how to spend your money in the long term. But I think "Think and Grow Rich" is the one that is my go-to when I'm kind of feeling down or like kind of need a fire. Yeah, I that's the book I go to. Yeah, just throw it in the fire and it
1: just goes. Yeah, like that. Um, there, there are. We should actually. Maybe we should do a whole podcast on books. There's about 20 books that, you know, you could basically pick up and burn through throughout the year,
0: Yeah, which yeah. would really add a ton of Well, value. Like, the, like that. Uh, like you like Atomic Habits too, right? Yeah. Atomic Habits, James Clear. Like mm-hmm. that book, it's so good for creating the little habits that you do, whether you're slow or you're busy, Yeah, right? So like you do, it's perfect for doing the small habits, doing the small things that add up. Like I always compare it to Lego blocks. Like every day you add a Lego block on. And every day you don't do anything. You take a like Lego block off. Ooh. So like you have, when you look at the end of the day, like, do you have 365 Lego blocks or are you at like zero? Because every second day you don't do anything. Yeah. Right. Like so like, it's kind of the habits build up and they go off exponentially too. Right. So like that, yeah. you can stack them and stuff like that. So just starting with one and then you get a habit and then you do another one. It really helps for when things are busy and you just don't do anything because you're too busy to. but you have a habit that you, you do those things yeah, and uh, it makes a big difference. But yeah, your idea with the talking about the books would be wicked. Yeah, because there's so many good ones that yeah. you have to talk about.
1: Well, yeah. hang hang tight, listener. We will yeah. get there. We've just got a, a list of uh, guests to get through. Excited yeah. to share them with you. Yeah. Okay, Matt, uh, finishing up. What can our community do to help you? Where can people reach out to you? What platforms are you on? Anything
0: that, uh, how can we add value as, as a community? Well, you can tell your friends about this podcast. Yeah. Hopefully it uh, gains a little traction here. Yep. over the year uh i'm most active on instagram also have twitter is it just maclin real estate on instagram Yeah, MacLen real estate on yeah. instagram that's where i'm most active and the most up-to-date but i am active on all the socials my website maclin.ca is pretty regularly updated but i think the best way to get a hold of me is just my phone number which is 250-870-0911 nice or or nice. a few yeah if you want to come over for dinner
1: yeah. drop him a text yeah we'll see what He'll, Becca's up to yeah cook up see some lasagna
0: for you or something yeah dog's um, welcome
1: yeah no last time we had dinner here was great we we had pasta I believe there were seconds that were never offered to us and then later that night you guys felt bad about it um yeah but I don't worry that. Becca
0: I, I was content. I felt bad I was eating them all up myself <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah uh okay awesome thanks thanks for uh coming on the show Matt yeah thanks it. Taylor be here next week too Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages. This podcast is brought to you by Century 21 Assurance Realty, the gold standard in real estate.